You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to TechFan69. Tim does guerrilla podcasting from the floor of a trade show. Yeah, I'm currently uh, working a booth at the uh, Michigan Association for Computer Users and Learning, mm-hmm. or MACAL, M-A-C-U-L. And it's basically an event for teachers and administrators of school systems in the state of Michigan. And they're trying to get the most out of technology in the classroom. Okay. And it seems to me the big news, and I'm on the showroom floor, Max Specialist has a booth here. Yesterday was supposed to be the busy day, and I had three guys in the booth. Today was supposed to be the not-so-busy day, and I'm by myself in the booth. And um, it's busy. <laughs> yeah. So, so is the if, way. if the listeners hear me saying hi and stuff, it's, it's not because I'm schizophrenic and think I'm starting my conversation over with David. It's because someone's walking by the booth, and I have to say hi to them. But hopefully, David, you'll be able to edit some of it in post. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yep. we'll manage. Well, I can tell you the uh, the big news of this event, anyways, really is the iPad. Every it's it's kind of a, a, a tale of, of two technologies, David. Nobody here, obviously, is selling the iPad. No one here is really uh, talking about managed services for the iPad. But yeah. all the educators are talking about the iPad. The boosts that we're seeing here on the showroom floor are these great big, very expensive digital whiteboards. You know what I'm talking about yeah. when I say digital yeah, whiteboard? I, yeah, I know exactly what those are, yeah. And they're being pushed very hard. And I think the reason they're really pushing them hard is the manufacturer of these devices know that the clock is running out, that it's going to end soon. Because, and, and this is why, David, you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars for these digital whiteboards that's antiquated within a year. Yeah. Or you can buy an iPad... A ninety-nine dollars Apple TV, and stream your 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 uh, your screen, your iPad screen, to any television through the Apple TV for ninety-nine dollars. That's right, and of course those those digital whiteboards they need uh, a PC with special software on as well to to make the best out, and then the uh, projector setup of of often as well, and so there's there's a whole lot of stuff that goes along with that, and then you need a a tech guy to support it and be able to put the software on because the teacher doesn't want to be able to do to have to do that. So there's a whole stuff that needs that comes along when you get into that sort of thing. And as you say, if it then ages within two three years, that's not such a great deal. No, and an iPad they can they can get into that had educational discount for less than three hundred ninety nine dollars now. Yeah. Um, because as you know, David, Apple had an event on Wednesday of this week as we record the show to unveil the new iPod. I guess you can't even say it was the iPod 3, David. 
No, well, it's not being called that. It's being called just the new iPad. So um, it looks like they're going... There's oh, been a lot of fud out on the internet about this. Oh, why didn't they call it the HD or the 3 or something like that? But of course, the MacBooks and the MacBook Pros have just been called the MacBook and the MacBook Pro for ages, and nobody kind of gets too fussed when they change. So I guess uh, Apple's trying to adopt that model for the iPad now. That's right. And I think it's smart, to be honest. Well, it makes it less of a. I think they're trying. They, you know, everything they've been doing in the last year is all about harmonising their experiences. There's more touch and apps-related stuff in uh, OS 10 that uh, that kind of is more iOS-like, and at the same time, the iOS devices have become less dependent on the Mac. So everything is trying to be harmonised across, so it kind of all looks the same rather than having different niches. And, and I suppose kind of the the name strategy fits into that. Absolutely, and I think it's something that. Is, is being done consciously by Apple, and I think it's incredibly intelligent. So, Yeah. Uh, well, um, I, I, everything about this announcement, to me, kind of, uh, it kind of reeked of uh, a very careful thought. Um, that, and I think, I think that, will, that will be borne out over the next few months when people realize the impact of some of the things they've announced, really. I mean, what, is there much... You're at a, a show where they're, where they're looking at... at um, IT in uh, schools. Is there much interest in the in the cheaper iPad, the old iPad 2, which has now been price reduced, or is everyone looking at the new devices? All they say is iPad. They right. don't make a distinction. Uh, some people have asked about the new iPad, but it's usually for their personal use. Oh, I saw the new iPad. I thought I'm going to buy one. And yeah. that's great, but from an educational standpoint, they just say iPad, whether it's the first, second, or the brand new one. Yeah. And all they really want to know is how they can integrate this new technology into their current ecosystem of technology. What kind of software can they use to manage it? Uh, if you're a school system and you're deploying a thousand iPads, you can't you can't plug each one into iTunes and manage it that way. Even if you have a cart, it would take forever. So they're looking at management software, David, that can manage not just the iPads, but their computers as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the companies that we've been talking to as Mac Specialist that we really like the product is called Absolute Software. And right now, I got to say, that's probably my favorite, David. Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't tried every single one. But Absolute right. Software, for me, kind of seems to be an obvious choice for a lot of these schools because they have licensing programs by how many seats that you're using rather than just a flat fee. Yeah. So, but it, I tell you though, I, iPad is just everywhere here at the show, even though you don't physically see it. It's, um, it's all people are talking about. Yeah. Now, there, I have my laptop with me at the booth, David, and you've seen my laptop. It has Batman on it. Yeah. That's got a lot of attention. <laughs> Everyone's pointing at it and going, oh, look, Batman. And I, and I correct them. I say, it's Batman, not Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a fun event. It's uh, it's eye-opening. We've never had this. We've never attended this event because it's a Michigan-based event, and our company is based in Illinois. Yeah. But we're very close to Michigan, so I think it made sense for us to come here with a smaller booth this year, see what it's like, and make a determination later if we're going to return next year with a larger booth. Is there a lot of business for us in Michigan? Uh, technology is technology is technology, yeah. and. If the business is there and it makes sense for us to be there, we're going to be. Okay, very good. So, it's interesting you're talking about uh, management. Um, did you see the? Uh, you might not have seen this as you've been on the show. That Apple released um, on 
uh, Wednesday as well a new tool for managing iPads called the Apple Configurator. Yes, but that's more for families or very very small businesses with well, just a few iPads. I'm 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 I've seen a story online today where somebody did uh, like 50 iPads with it. That's interesting. I'd like to check it out. Yeah. Um, first, I've been at this event since the software came out, so I haven't had a chance to download and play with it. Yeah. But it looks interesting, and I've got to imagine companies like that's making the absolute software, if it's that robust and that easy to use, there's going to be a lot of software developers out there uh, worried about it. But if it's only managing Apple products, there's going to be a huge gapping hole that other companies can fill that will be able to manage PCs and Android devices. It'd be nice if for Apple if it was an Apple world and that's all people use, but unfortunately yeah, that's not, just not the case. It's not, absolutely. Right. Certainly, um, you know, Microsoft is a very big presence in the education sector still as well, so you've still got Microsoft management to worry about. Um, even if you even if you're not using that on the on the desktop, you'll be using that on the back end for many people. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So, um, what was your take on the uh, on the announcement then? What did you feel? Uh, I think all of it was pretty much known beforehand. Yeah. I even had been thinking, looking at last year where they rolled out iMovie for the iPod or iPad. I thought, where is iPhoto? And it just seems like a no-brainer to me. So that didn't even take me by surprise. I was just, I was happy to see it, obviously, but it yeah. wasn't really a big surprise. And the iPad itself, you know what? Who who couldn't have told you what the specs were before the event? I mean, it was pretty much already known, wasn't it? It was going to have a retina display. It's going to have a better camera. Uh, it's going to be a faster processor. It's probably going to have more RAM. Yeah, I, I right? think I think the days of hardware announcements being a complete surprise are probably long gone now. Well, for iterations for existing hardware. Yeah, exactly. For new products, I think that the opposite is true. I think Apple and a lot of these companies now are getting much better at keeping the unannounced products closer to the vest so they can make a bigger splash in the press. Yeah. Um, but for an iteration of a product, well, you just look at what the current product is, see what's available elsewhere, and I think you could kind of guess, oh, okay, well, they kind of came out with the retina display with the iPhone 4. This is the iPad 3 coming up. You know they're not going to change the form factor. It's probably going to be around the same thickness, so they could still use most of the cases that were in existence for the iPad 1 and 2. Um, it needs a better screen. Not that there's anything wrong with the screen on the iPad 1 and 2, but compared to a retina display, it doesn't look as good. Well, the, I think this is this is interesting. I'm, if you look at the rest of the tablet market, such as it is, you know, the Android devices, they're starting to close. They have been starting to close the gap. They're still not there yet. Um, and they're but, going with OLED monitors, a lot of them. Yeah, it's a different which, technology. A different technology, and, and I think it remains to be seen whether that's a good choice or not, really. Um, OLED has some limitations as well, particularly once it ages. But, um, you know, they they were they were starting to get close. Um, they were all starting to get closer yes. on price as well. Um, not not quite in the same ballpark. Um, and, and basically what Apple's done is, is they've used their, you know, massive... Uh, ability to deliver you know great supply chain to to bring out a device that's far and away ahead of everybody else and everyone's back in catch-up mode again and i don't i don't see anybody else not the windows tablets coming or any anybody in the next 12 months being able to deliver a device of this quality at this price point and well, i think that was the only big question going into this event could apple have a retina display with twice the resolution 
and still retain that price point and, and sell these things profitably. I think you're right, David. I don't think anybody else could do it. Nope. And uh, not, but I mean, you've got to remember, it's not... mastery of the supply chain has allowed them to do just that. It's not just the, the physical display itself. They've built the processing power into the unit to enable it to push pixels around, uh, you know, as quickly or, or more quickly than the iPad 2 could, despite the fact you've got the resolution increase. They've got LTE in there as well, and yet it still delivers round about the same battery life that the previous one did. So the uh, whole... It's 10 hours, right? Yeah. The new one? Yeah, I, th I thought I read that. Yeah. And again, I've been at this uh, yeah. uh, McCall event all week as far as when the iPad was released. I, I learned about it sitting in a coffee shop waiting for some a print job to get done for this event, David. Yeah. Sitting in a coffee shop reading all of the coverage of the iPad 3 announcement on my iPhone. Yeah. It was kind of neat. No, it was, it was the same for me. I was, I was actually working late on uh, Wednesday and... Uh, I got home and, uh, you know, kind of had some dinner and then sat down with my iPhone and just went through all the news to find out rather than, in some ways it was a nicer way of doing it than, than sitting through the live blogs and kind of get drip, getting it drip fed to you over an hour. So, um, so yeah, it was pretty good. So, uh, I, I'm, for me, the, the display and the camera and everything were already good reasons for me to think about upgrading from the one, but the fact that you can get iPhoto on it as well uh, was kind of what did it for me. And, yeah, uh, but you can get iPhoto on the iPad 2 as well. Yeah, but I don't have an iPad 2. I have an iPad 1. <laughs> can you get it on the iPad 1? No. I think you can. No, you, you can't? can't? No, it doesn't run the iPad 1. Oh, well, that kind uh, of blows. I've got so, it on my uh, iPhone 4S. I downloaded yeah, it. No, it was yeah. about $4.99. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, downloaded it and put it on my iPhone 4. It's okay. I, I've played with it for maybe five minutes, yeah. but... It would. It makes more sense on an iPad, less sense on an iPhone. Yeah, I have. I have a couple of very good photo editing apps that I use on the iPad. I I do a lot of photography editing on my iPad because I do a lot of eBay stuff on there. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I use PhotoForge and PhotoGene and things like that, and they're pretty good. But really, this this um, iPhoto look, the editing in that looks like it's much better actually. So um, uh, I'm very, and I, I obviously I also want the integrated experience. Okay, where uh, where were we? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So we're back anyway. And uh, what is that clicking in the background? Is somebody having a lottery? Yeah, it's one of these booths that they like. They have, I don't know, a spinner type thing. Uh, what are they? They're called eScan. Yeah. Uh, Antivirus and content security. In other words, crap that Mac users don't care about. <laughs> um, Set off. That's another and, uh, another bonus. The iOS devices in the yeah, school. that's right. So they scan your badge when you go up to their booth, and then you spin this little clickety wheel that's really annoying sounding. And then if it lands on something, you get like a little two gig flash drive. You get a crappy looking T-shirt, or you get a, a demo version of their software. That's always nice. They, you can win a demo <laughs> version of the stuff. That's you'd high have, quality right there, Yeah, folks. you'd have thought you'd want to actually just give that away to everyone rather than make yeah. people compete for it, but there you go. <laughs> oh, uh, occasionally they'll grab people and videotape them talking about something. I have no idea what, but they're not micing these people up, so I can't imagine that they're actually recording audio very well on this handheld tiny little camera yeah. from five feet away at a conference, but whatever. It is the uh, the conference scene. Is, is 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 a lot of people giving away iPads? No, nobody. No. No. Oh, that's that's the thing about the iPad. You don't have to give it away to get attention. 
Well, if you do give it away, you tend to dominate. I've I've been to a couple of conferences where they have raffles for them every hour, and that means right. literally every hour the whole conference stops because everybody who's there streams to the single place to check their raffle tickets. Right, but the companies that do it. Is it really any benefit to them? Well, they're they, really getting new customers. They may they, get the yeah. word out, but other than that, I would find that, eh. They're getting a lot of yeah. All. They're getting a lot of business cards, so they can follow up with people and um, you know cold call them afterwards. That's that's the reason they do it. I, I guess right. it I guess it depends on your marketing strategy whether that's something that's valuable to you or not really. But I prefer something that's a bit more. Um, it's a bit more focused and kind of, you know, yeah. you pick up the people you really want to speak to rather than just I'm, I'm usually involved with a company or a product that you don't have to re rely on gimmicky things to get the word out. Yeah. But yeah. the product itself is so good that people want it. Um, and that's the nice thing about the company I'm working for at Max Specialist. It's also a good thing about uh, the podcasting. I mean, I don't have to sell it. It sells yeah. itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's nice. I'm not a hustler. I'm not one of these guys that are, you know, give me your business card. I'll follow up after the show. I don't do that stuff. Yeah, it's... I know. I've, I've, I've had a few people who picked my business cards up at VMworld last year, and they've been chasing me like crazy ever since. Yes. And, they, and it's they all like, well, we, we need to have a conference call so we can talk to you about And I'm thinking, well, what's, what's, so I'm, I need to take an hour out so you can pitch me your stuff out of, out of my right. day? No, I don't think so. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that's, that's that's you know that's the whole outside salesman job. Yeah, and God bless them, but that's not me. No, definitely not. And the so, people who try to sell me stuff, I usually get annoyed with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just go away, leave me alone. Yeah, but the, yeah. I mean, that's just going back to the iPad announcement. That's one of the things that's interesting about it is the the reaction that it gets now um, doesn't, in, certainly in terms of the tech media, doesn't really bear any relation to how well it's going to sell. You know, the 4S right. was received fairly lukewarmly. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've been reading since the announcement, some people saying, oh, well, you know, yeah, it's just it's just a, another iteration. It's not, you know, uh, Android is coming and Windows 8 is coming. And, you know, could this be Apple on a downward spiral? And I think they're completely utterly missing the point. That this is this is consolidation of the stranglehold they already have in the market. Right. Um, so Now, that being said, did you see the announcement? over the weekend of, I think it been last week, end of last week, VMware uh, Fusion 7 had an update. Par that's update. Parallels, I think. Parallels, thank yeah. you. Parallels. And uh, this update allowed you to install from the software itself the developer preview of Windows 8. Uh, and I've done exactly that. So did I. Because uh, I run Parallels 7 on my uh, machine that I'm talking to you on now, and I, and I did exactly that. I'd actually already downloaded the preview and and installed it manually so I could have a look at it. But uh, but no, the Parallels the Parallels uh, solution is very, very slick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you and know. you just click, yes, I want to check it out, agree to the licensing terms, and, and come back a few hours later. <laughs> it's almost a 4-gig download. But uh, I downloaded it on my 27-inch iMac, and i got to say, David, in some respects, I'm very impressed with Windows 8, and I kind of like the Metro. Um, not so much on a desktop. I think it would work much better on a mobile device, and, and you could really, you could clearly see that that's what it was developed for. Yeah. But as a desktop experience, while it works, it's really not the best solution. It, it's it's two different things that are kind of joined together. Uh, the problem is you can really see the seam in the middle. I like Reese's Pieces. I like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, it's not Reese's. It's a Reese's cup. Chocolate and uh, 
but no, I agree with you. And I, and I kind of posted this up on uh, Twitter. I think it was Twitter. I posted it somewhere that while I liked it, what I didn't like is it feels like two distinctly different operating systems. Yeah. And it, and it moves you from one to the other for no apparent reason. So I click this and it launches the desktop portion of Windows 8. And I click this one and it stays in Metro and I get this really cool thing. And I, it, it's, it's schizophrenia. And, and I think Microsoft is making a mistake of including Metro in Windows 8. Either move ahead with Metro. Yeah. Or drop or drop Metro and leave that as a tablet device. I, th I think I, th on yeah. I think this is this is their problem. Is they they're they're making a play for the the tablet market by saying, well, we can bring a desktop OS to the tablet. Um, and Metro, I think, is very very good on uh, is going to be very good on a touch device. You can kind of see that even from the sure. using it on a uh, on a virtual machine that that it kind of does that. The, the problem and it, is, and it's totally unique too. Yeah, it's absolutely, and and, and and absolutely, it's not it's not a me too product like no, Android. No. It's not just simply trying to copy copy what Apple's doing. No. Metro is very very unique, and I, I have to say, I don't hate it. I'm not in love with it yet, but I I've only used it on a desktop. Yeah, I I think I think it's it's very strong, and and you know, it's certainly as good as the first generation of iOS was in terms Correct. of the, the way it works. Um, you could argue it maybe in some ways it's slightly better, but we'll we'll really be able to tell better when we see it running on real hardware. The yes. difficulty I have is is exactly that 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 join. It, it's almost like the 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 underpinnings of this thing is this new API that they built for Metro. So uh, Windows Windows Desktop is almost like a virtual machine, and yes, you kind of see that. Agree that. With that. Yeah, yeah, you kind of see. Have you run up um a, say a copy of Word two thousand and ten um in um in uh, the Windows desktop under, under Windows 8, and you then try and task switch between a Metro, two Metro apps running and two apps running in the Windows desktop, you, right. can, you can see the Windows desktop almost as its own app, but you can't directly task switch into the, into the Office applications running inside it. Once you get into the desktop, you can then task switch between stuff running on the desktop, but you can't task switch smoothly between everything. And um, again, if you install something like Office, then what it will do is it will populate that, that Metro start screen, the tile screen, with all the different icons for Office, including all the junky stuff you don't want, like the help files and the, you know, the Windows, um, the Windows update configurator and all this stuff. And so you end up, if you're not careful, on a, on a working Windows system with about 15 pages of square tiles of, of every single icon. And, and there's no way to sort those, and there's not an easy way to delete half of them. And it well, just, I haven't figured just, that out either. No, but that's, it, it that's just looks problem. a mess. Well, when I installed it on my Mac, it shows all my Mac apps in Metro. Yeah. And it goes over like six pages. That's right. And I'm like, well, what happens if I click this in Windows? Well, it just launches the app and, on the Mac. Yeah. I thought, oh, okay, that works, I guess. But then I thought, well, why is Metro showing me these Mac apps? Well, that that's something Parallels has done. That's an option that Parallels puts in. Uh, it basically puts shortcuts to your Mac apps inside the Windows location. Uh, um, but the point is, is that it does demonstrate that exact problem that if you have a lot of apps in your Windows desktop under under Windows 8, they appear in the start in the on the start Metro screen as as icons. It's very hard to to remove them, and they, they're all they all look the same. They're all um, kind of these big square blobs, and it kind of completely destroys the user interface over that side. Um, it does. And, and I can again, understand why that works on a on a mobile device because yeah. you're not going to have as many applications. Well, exactly. although I, 
I don't know, you get some of these 64 gig iPods and there's 12 pages of nestled folders. I don't but, know how anybody could do that. But at but. least at least on an iPad, and you, when you've got that, each application is a discrete, useful thing you chose you wanted. Whereas with this, you, you're not getting that. So we're back again. And um, Tim's just had a very interesting conversation with uh, with a lady there who used to be an Android user, but not anymore. Yeah, she was a uh, an educator in the Detroit area. And see, David knows this because I've got my iPhone headphones with the microphone in. That's how I'm talking with David on my MacBook Pro. But anytime somebody will come up, and it's kind of a, a little bit slower right now, a lot, a lot less people in here. It goes in uh, waves. Yeah. Um, so David can hear. I, can you hear the people I'm talking to well? Yeah, or, yeah pretty well, yeah. actually, yeah. Um, well, we're only like three feet apart, so I yeah. would hope. So David can hear both sides of the conversation, and this last lady was an Android user, and then she said, I got an iPhone, and then she said something interesting, I don't know if you caught that, with Siri. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah. That that yeah, was the did. thing that she remembered. Yep. And and she was she was like, oh my God, how much better it was. Yes. You know, I mean, she wasn't just what, like, oh, it's really good. She was just like, you know. Correct. Yeah, she was, she's really... Uh, She's really found it a massive difference. I think. That's right. So, so what have we learned here? We've learned that Android is is great for the second best people. Well, I think <laughs> what happens is, she was probably on Verizon or Sprint. Yeah. In the United States, that didn't have the opportunity to get the iPhone, so she got an Android device. Yeah. So that contract expires, she can get another phone. And what does she pick? Now that they sell the iPhone at the company, she gets yeah. that. Now, so, and I, yeah. you're going to see that more and more and more. Yeah, it's interesting actually. You, you talk about um, carriers, and one of the things with the iPad, uh, with the iPad announced new iPad announcement, is uh, LTE support. Now, a bit of a debate erupted here in my office yesterday after the announcement hit here, because um, here in the my company is we're a telecoms and IT consultancy, so. You know, right. Spectrum and 3G, 4G and everything is something that a lot of our guys spend a lot of time thinking about and researching and, and debating and talking about. So they kind of got into an email debate about um, LTE on the iPad and how it's being promoted over here because um, we don't have LTE in the UK. Our, our Spectrum auction for LTE isn't going to be until uh, end of this year, beginning of next year. And there certainly won't be any LTE networks for probably probably until the end of next year at the earliest. So, and the funny uh, thing is, David, even in the United States, LTE is minuscule. Almost nobody has LTE coverage in the United States. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of participated in the discussion. I did point that out. I said only Verizon has any real sort of LTE network, and um, even that and is even not that very big. minuscule, yeah. right. So, uh, and I think, I think Apple highlights that, but I don't think the cost of including LTE was significant, so why yeah. not? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and of course... Um, the thing still does 3G faster than the older machines did. Well, my phone, my phone now, David. By the way, my iPhone 4S says yeah. 4G. Well, yeah, but that's just marketing fluff. I know. I hate that. It really kind of ticks me off. This phone does not do 4G. Because that exactly that same technology is marketed here in the UK as 3G. Right. I mean, because that's what it well, is. Well, it was in the United States too until yeah. yeah. You so, know, AT and T try to get clever with their. Well, they brand. were they were getting spanked by Verizon last year, weren't right. they? In terms of their network yeah. coverage, so it's it's a it's a marketing pushback. Um, uh, in fact, you know, some of our Spectrum consultants here were saying that even LTE isn't really 4G. 
they would right. they would say that you have to go over wireless 100 megabit a second to get 4G. Yes. Um, and um, LTE doesn't doesn't deliver that sort of thing. But the thing is, for me, is that and and again, I had this debate yesterday. On a device like an iPad, do you actually need faster than three G? Uh, yeah, I mean, I you've got limited storage gaming. on the thing. You're not going to be downloading five gigabyte files. So why would you need actually much faster than three G? That's a good I point. I, other than gaming, I I can't imagine it. But but even with gaming, I mean, gaming's yeah, you can get pretty latency with three G. Yeah, but LTE doesn't really do an awful lot about latency. It's just more bandwidth. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not going to help the latency because you're still, at the end of the day, you're still connecting via a, a radio through to a cell tower and then and then onto a network. So that's where the latency comes in. So what about video conferencing on your phone? You can't really do that dependably on a three G connection. It drops out all the time. Uh, I don't think you'll be able to do it much better on a four G. I don't think so either. <laughs> But I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate. I know. There's always going to be something else coming up next that's supposedly faster and better. And I think yeah. that's the case with LTE. I think that's why Apple put the chip in there and is promoting it so people can say they have the LTE chip in their device because they want the latest and greatest. But I don't think it actually makes any difference. And interestingly enough, if I look at the uh, Apple.com site here. Uh, got a couple of people walking by. Never know if they're going to come up here because they look. It's the Bat Mac, you know that. That's what's getting all the attention. Yeah. It's it's amazing how many people walk by and point to it and say something or come up and ask me where I got yeah. it. If I was selling these stickers here for say ten bucks, I'd have made a lot of money this week. Seriously. Yeah. So I'm. Here's an interesting thing. I'm looking at the uh, Apple.com/iPad pages on both the UK and the US websites, and they're identical. Except that the um, US one says ultra-fast ultra 4G LTE, full speed ahead, designed with next-generation wireless, connects to fast data networks around the world up to 4G LTE. The UK one just says ultra-fast wireless. <laughs> so they're completely... Yeah, it's not there. They're really, they're really not pushing the LTE thing here at all. It's not even mentioned on the page. Because obviously they know full well that we don't have any LTE networks here. You're right. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a solid update. I'm looking forward to getting one. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, how I can finance that. But uh, interesting enough, yesterday afternoon somebody came over and said, "Oh, are you going to be selling your iPad because I know somebody who might want to buy it?" Right. Because so, they know you're going to get the new one. They, they know that I will be after the new one. Yeah. So, right. uh, so that was uh, that was handy. And uh, what about yourself? Are you going to order one? Yeah, I think I'm going to wait for a little bit. Um, I think really it's worth, worth letting the feeding frenzy die down first, isn't it? Uh, that's always the case, though. I mean, sometimes I got the first iPad the day it came out. I, yeah. I really couldn't wait. This time, I, I don't know. I might or I might not. I think the uh, the ship times is still the same day. It, it It's... I haven't seen that falling yet, has it? Uh, well, certainly I looked at the UK store this morning, and it looked like they were saying two to three weeks. Um, so uh, it looks, so like it gonna, yeah. looks like they're starting to extend out, but I don't know whether the US one is still... Uh, I would imagine there's probably more stock in the US than there is here. Um, so, uh, I mean, I would hope that... I know that... I remember last year the iPad 2 was, wasn't generally available, like just walking the store and picking one up for about... It was probably about six weeks before they kind of got caught up. I'm uh, I'm 
yeah, just looking on the US still, they're still saying March 16th for delivery here. Um, but uh, I would imagine it would be quicker this time around because there's not as much retooling to do. It's basically Correct. just the same device with a different system board. So I would imagine that, uh, and, and you know, they're always getting slicker and slicker with the supply. So I would imagine that, that probably after the first two, three weeks, they should be fairly generally available. I think so. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I've been waiting, you know, like I told, like I said last week on the show, David, I skipped the iPad 2. Yeah. Because it just didn't offer enough of an upgrade over my existing iPad 1 to warrant spending another five ninety nine. Yeah, and I was in the same position, and, and that's 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 what I've done too. I, I am, if, if there was one thing I could say I was a little disappointed about, it was that the iPad 3, configuration-wise, has the same uh, storage specs. Yeah. I really wanted to see... It started at 32, 64, and 128. I think it was time for that. Yeah, and and I, you know, I really, I've looked at the finances. I really wish I could push myself to a 64 gig for this one, but it's I just, just don't that, think I can. I'm with you. Yeah, but have I have found fairly good solution for that recently, which is so. Um, where were? Oh yeah, you were saying you uh, you wish there was more storage. I have that. I actually got quite a good solution for mine, which is something called a Kingston Y drive. Have you heard of those? Uh, yes, I have. I yeah. saw it at Macworld Expo. There's a couple different companies that have these little plug-in hard drive gizmos to give you more storage on the iPad. Yeah. iPad. My problem with it, David, is I don't want to plug some stupid thing into it. Well, this another, the, Yet another dongle hanging off of it. Well, the wire drive doesn't plug in. The wire drive is wireless. So um, it turns into a Wi-Fi hotspot, and then you can either copy stuff off it or to it, or yeah. you can stream it directly off the wire drive. Uh, shoot me. Just I want bigger hard drive on that. Well, well, yes, obviously, but you know, unfortunately, not being able to rip the thing open and put more chips into it. This is the next best thing. <laughs> yeah, but then that's yet another thing I got to carry with it, it, me. It is that there is. Uh, yeah. That is. I don't want that. I don't want it. What I what I really wish you could do is you. I wish you could airplay between an iPhone and an iPad, because then I could keep all my content on one and um and then stream it to the other. Because I, oh, I yeah, because yeah, I normally have more space available on my iPhone than I do on my iPad, so I can yeah, keep but... keep my video on the iPhone and then stream it to the iPad when I want to watch it. Well, but that's what the iCloud's for, isn't it? Well, yeah. I but... mean, didn't you just describe iCloud? But, but the problem is, is that I can't um, with data caps and everything. I can't stream a one and a half gig movie down from iCloud. I don't want to. Whereas uh, if I could stream it locally without having to go through the internet, then that would solve the problem. Yeah. I can just bigger hard drive my iPad. That's all I yeah. care about. Just give me a bigger hard. Give me, yeah. give me 120. Start 128 at gig for the same money. Give me, give me 64, 128, and 256. Yeah, for the same I, money. I would, for the same money, and yeah. I would buy the 256 every time. Yeah, me too. At 256 gigabytes on an iPad. Wow. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll be there within probably two years. I, I would imagine. So I think yeah. I think what Apple is starting to do now with the you know the better performance, the higher resolution is. They are they are probably going to start moving the iPad towards being a, a complete standalone computing device rather than being an add-on to something else. Right. Uh, and I think Unless, that yeah, as fast as the wireless networks are out there, David, they're still not ready no. to to stream you all of your content no matter where you're at. It's just it's not possible. Now, what, what you 
you're an Apple TV fan. I'm an Apple TV fan. Would you look to upgrade to a 1080p Apple TV? You're going to stick with what you have. No, no, no. Who, most people can't tell the difference between 720 and 1080. No. Most people can't. Unless you've got a TV over 55 inches, you can't tell the difference. Yeah. I know, I know a lot of people listen and say, oh, I've got 32 and I can tell the difference. No, you can't. Shut up. You cannot tell the difference between 720p and 1080p. Certainly not, not stuff that's been streamed down a pipe and compressed. Right. It's been compressed yeah. anyway. So what's the difference? Yeah. It's still using compression. You're still going to get jaggedy black. It's just going it, to, this is the way it is. So at the same price point, uh, look, the Apple TV is a phenomenal price. Yeah. $99. And as you just heard, I just had a, a uh, someone come by the booth talking about the Apple TV just briefly. But this is a conversation I've been having in that you can stream your content from your iPad or your iPhone, but not just the content, your screen itself. You can throw your screen onto a large screen television using the Apple TV wirelessly. Yeah. And that's always been a big thing in businesses. What dongle do I need to use to plug in my device so I can see it on the screen in the conference room, right? Yeah. Oh, it's VGA, it's HDMI, it's DVI. Oh, I got to carry all these stupid adapters. Well, with the iPad and with the iPhone, all you need is the Apple TV to plug into any television or projector or yep. ad nauseum. And whatever's on your screen, boom, you can throw it right up on the screen. It's awesome. And it just works. That's the thing that it just works. Yes. But getting back to the Apple TV itself, David, I have, and I, well, I've got a, uh, the first generation and the second generation Apple TV. But my Apple TV too, I haven't done this yet because again, I've been at this event, and when I get home, I'm very tired. Um, you can upgrade your 720 Apple TV, the software, so you get the same interface as the brand new one. That's right. The only difference is you don't get 1080p. Yeah. And I can't tell the difference anyway, so <laughs> what do I care? Maybe, maybe people with younger eyes than us can tell the difference. Maybe it's a generational thing. They say they can. Yeah. They can. If it's compressed video, whether it's 720p or 1080, yeah, yeah. If the difference is so minuscule. That if I went home and I, if you've got, if I went home yeah. and I picked up my Apple TV and then I, I snuck into the Apple Store and I and I hid it in one of the new boxes. Yeah, yeah. nobody would. Have nobody would return it saying this doesn't look very good. Now this is what Apple did that was real smart though, David. For those who are absolutely convinced they have to have this Apple TV and not the Apple TV 2. It looks exactly the same. So guys, don't tell your wife you're going to buy the new Apple TV because yeah. you already bought one just nine months ago. But this is 1080p, the other one's 720, and you got to have the 1080 Okay, fine. Go buy it and swap them out without telling your wife. She will never know the no. difference. It looks exactly the same. The plugs yeah. are the same. It's exactly the same thing except... It's got a little bit better graphic chip inside of it. So just go ahead and buy it. Swap them out. Don't tell your wife. And then eBay your old one for like 50 bucks. And, and of course, you realize that's why they didn't change the case on the iPad either. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you could buy the new one. You never have to tell your wife. Yeah. But if she borrows it, she will notice a difference well, because that screen is so much better on the iPad, the new iPad than it is on the iPad. Yeah, too. but you still got a little bit of plausible deniability. You can say, oh, no, yeah. it's always good like that. Oh, you don't remember? That's always oh, yeah. like that. I must, it must be because I just wiped the screen of all the fingerprints. That's oh, why I just cleaned so it. Yeah. <laughs> I just cleaned it, so yeah. That's great, isn't let's, it? Let's hope our wives never listen to this podcast. Oh, why would they? <laughs> They're our wives, David. Yeah, it's, 
That's ridiculous. That's insulting to our wives. They get they enough. Know. They get enough of this stuff in real life, let alone listen yeah. to it. Oh, even, oh, even if they didn't, they are, our wives are never going to listen to this show ever. Well, let me take it. If we died horribly in an accident, <laughs> ten years from now, they may feel a little nostalgia for uh, the memory of us, and they may go back and pick this episode at random and hear it. Uh, but beyond that, <laughs> no, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's, they don't want to hear us talking the geeky stuff. Oh, well, that's, you know, they're suffering from insomnia. I heard it's a good cure for <laughs> wives that they can do that. But otherwise, no, they're not going to So, guys, yes, you have permission from your wife, because she's not going to know the difference, to upgrade an iPad 3 or whatever it's called, or an Apple TV 3, oh, because she will not be able to tell the difference physically. It's the same. And go. Apple was brilliant to do that. Definitely. That was, that was definitely a Tim Cook move. It's like, well, that's right. I can save money on tooling and I can sell more units. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Guys can upgrade and, and not admit to upgrading anything. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. The only problem is if your wife's a little bit geeky, a couple weeks from now or a couple months from now, she goes, you know, I was, I was reading up on that new Apple TV. I think we ought to get the new one. It does 1080p. <laughs> yeah. if, if that happens, you're just going to have to spend another 99 bucks. That's right, yeah. Bite the bullet. It's easier to pay 99 bucks than admit that you already bought it months ago without asking her first. <laughs> Definitely. It's, that's worth $99. Just spend the money. Spend the money. Yeah, but if she's so an association for technology users for retarded dads yeah. that spend the money without telling their wife, they, there's a grant money out there. You'll cover. Don't worry. We'll, we'll help you out. But that's going to spend the money. That's going to be expensive if you end up having to do that with right. the iPad instead. And guys, 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 don't be stupid and buy the new Apple TV on a credit card. No. Don't leave a paper trail. Definitely. Cash, yeah. baby, cash. Indeed. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can buy the iPad with cash. I think. Uh, um, wasn't, I don't know. Well, you, know you can if you go to. You yeah. can if you go to get a Walmart. Yeah, I guess so. They don't. The Best Buy. Yeah, they were. They're always worried about you selling, reselling on eBay. I don't think Apple has that big of a concern anymore. I mean, seriously, how many have they sold? A hundred million, two hundred million. Yeah. Do you think Apple really cares too much about the black market at this point? Probably. I mean, they've got more money than any company in the history of the world now. I I, I don't think they're too worried about one guy selling, you know, slightly cheaper iPads and Zaire. I I don't think it's even on their radar. Yeah. I could be wrong, but. Yeah, I don't think I am. Yeah, I, I, I read somewhere recently that their uh, Apple has more money than the common economy of Poland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. They they could buy half of Europe right now if they wanted to. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's a fixer upper. They probably don't want. To. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> that's that's not a particularly wise investment at the moment. No, I, I'm hoping they just buy California and Texas. Just buy California and Texas. You know, maybe some Arizona, New Mexico, so you can link them. Um, yeah, but just, just buy that. The problem, with, the problem with that is that then you actually have to you have to buy Arizona. They, they're, uh, a bit, they're a little bit crazy over there at the moment. Uh, well, it's America, so duh. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I I think they ought to invest their money wisely and just buy a state or a country at this point. And as as a tribute. To their fallen leader, leader, name it Jobs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, why not? 
Sounds like um, sounds like a platform for the next presidential election. That. Yeah. <laughs> you need to run. The United States of the stu- two Steves. United Steve of America. That could work. The I- Maybe not. <laughs> the I state. I state. That's right. <laughs> that would probably work the best. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to let you get back to your. Uh... So you're going to edit this episode for our listeners this week, David. Uh, I'm going to do what I can with it. Okay. Put it in Dropbox so I can correct the mistakes that you'll make, and it'll be good. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's right. And I've got someone coming up to booth, so i got to go. Okay. Talk Peace to you later, David. Bye.